Hi, welcome to the Vine Church podcast. This week we've got a great speaker. Hope you enjoy it. So, Alan, what just happened? What just happened? Post match review. How's it going? Alan Shearer here. I don't know what. Um, we talked about why I get baptized. I'll see if my clicker works. Let's see, there we go. does. But what actually happens when a believer is baptized like this in the waters of baptism? We've hopefully explained that it's so important, so powerful, so significant, a great act of obedience on the behalf of a believer. I said it was like the starter pack for the Christian walk. So it's very spiritual. People are looking for spirituality You just witnessed something that was deeply, deeply spiritual that has eternal consequences for the believer. And therefore, we're rejoicing today. It's that powerful and that relevant and that exciting. One of the illustrations or images that we hear about in baptism is described here. It significantly connects us with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ on the cross. And it says here, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. That's why it's so significant. This is suggesting and indicating and demonstrating that we are believing that everybody that trusts in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior will also be raised to life again after death. It's a victory over death. It's that important. It's that significant. And it's a fantastic symbol of that, going down and coming up. Another great image is that it's about being clothed and covered in that beautiful moment. It doesn't last long, but when you're under the waters of baptism, you're completely engulfed in the waters. And that's a great picture of being clothed with Christ. Uh, uh, The Bible in Galatians explains it. So in Christ Jesus, you're all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ Jesus have clothed yourself with Christ. Clothed yourself. Just imagine that warm coat coming on in wintertime, completely embraced. You're completely set free from the old life. You're completely justified before God himself. You're completely able to have confidence, the hope of heaven. It's complete immersion into the love of Jesus. It's a beautiful promise and image that baptism reminds us. And in this gender-conscious culture, here it is 2,000 years ago. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And what that means 
is that there is the invitation to every single person, whatever you have been born into, whatever you have done, whatever you are, whatever you've become, you are invited to the same waters of baptism, to the same Jesus Christ. And we share then the new identity and new life that Jesus offers us, that we find our identity in Christ Jesus. We're not just the person we were born. We're born again, a new life, a spiritual life birthed within us. And it's a powerful image. It's, as we know, an outward sign. And one of the other pictures is of the, um, what happens internally is really what's important. It was great to witness today and very courageous, really, of every single person to come forward into, into the waters of baptism today. It's not easy to do, is it? I'm sure you, if you speak to some of the people afterwards, I encourage you to do so. What was it like? What, was it scary? You know, yes, it was. But it's bold and courageous and it's powerful. And um, it explains here that what's going on inside of the person is even more significant. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, it says in Colossians 2. Sorry, your Bible app is Colossians 3, which is a good scripture too, but Colossians 2 is the one I want to focus on just now. It says, he is the head, this is Jesus, the head over every power and authority. In him you are also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. That is a mouthful, goodness me. Isn't it difficult? And sometimes it's complex to understand some of these things. But you'll be familiar with physical circumcision. It was an act that the Jewish nation adopted as the sign that God had given them to represent and ensure that they were included in the covenant, the old covenant promise of, of God in the Old Testament that Moses brought them. But there's something better, I'm delighted to say, for Christians. A new circumcision is called of the heart, something deep within us that represents and reflects the promise of God in Jesus Christ to us, that he's giving us a new heart and a new motivation. What that means and what it, it, it is reflective of is a new passion, a new set of values, a new set of um, priorities in a Christian's life. And we should see something. And a challenge to those that have been baptized is that you should be able to walk differently with God as a Christian. You, you, you will find and, and that you, you want to come to church. What an amazing thought. You'll find you want to open the Bible and it starts to make sense. You'll find you want to do the right thing for other people. You start to see a different concern for others. And this is because of the new heart that God has given us in Christ Jesus. It's the heart of God that starts to grow within us and transform us. I mean, that's the, the change we want and believe that God gives us in Jesus Christ. It's a significant responsibility. I mentioned that it's a baptism a bit like marriage in that it's a public demonstration 
of a personal relationship. And so it is your, your life changes when you're married, or we hope it does. It, 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 it commits you to faithfulness till death do you part. Commits you to take responsibility and care for your partner. And so it is with baptism. We're committing, and you heard even the youngest children, they're committing their lives to follow Jesus for the rest of their lives. What a commitment. And we know it's going to be a challenge that we're going to come under significant challenges to maintain that commitment as a marriage does. So it is with the relationship with God that challenges will come, temptation will come, doubt will come, fears will come, opposition will come. But it's helpful for the believer to be able to remember this moment. And it says in, in, in this scripture, God waited patiently. And it talks about Noah and that picture of water and complete submersion and new day and new life. And it says here, but there, it's not just about washing. This is more important than going in the bath. It's much more significant. It's a pledge of a clear conscience to our God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ who has gone into heaven. And it is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers of submission. So it's entering into the spiritual realms powerfully. And the knowledge and the confidence that our faith in God through Jesus Christ raised from the dead completely sets us before God with a clean conscience that all the things that you have done wrong and will do wrong are forgiven through Jesus Christ as we confess our sins to him. However bad we feel we've been, however distant we feel from God, however neglectful we are of the things that we think are the right thing to do, we can have confidence in our baptism that demonstrates the love that God has for us and the promise that we have a clean conscience before God, which is an incredibly powerful thing to take through your life. So that's for the believers. But what about you? What about all you that have witnessed this in common? We thank you again for coming to support your friends and family. What about you? What does it mean for you witnessing this? If you're a witness to a crime, you have a responsibility to tell the truth in court as to what happened. So what happened today and what does it mean for you? You've witnessed something. And I encourage you and challenge you. You can't go away without taking some recognition of, well, does this mean something for my life? It's, you've maybe come because it's about somebody else, but actually, is there something here for you that's of significance? And I believe there is, that the promises I've just described, what has been talking about, are for you too. You're now witness to something that you've maybe never seen before. And there's great examples in the, um, the, the particularly in the book of Acts, about people getting baptized for the first time. This is one of the earliest baptisms. A jailer, let me tell you the story, a jailer in the Roman times was probably a pretty tough guy, and he had the job, this jailer. Well, we only know him as a jailer. We don't know his name. We don't find out, but he was one of the first people ever baptized. And he was commanded to look after two prisoners, Paul and Silas, two disciples of Jesus, Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, declaring the promises of God, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, declaring the gospel, were arrested, flogged, and thrown into prison. And this jailer, 
I was told, don't let these guys, watch them carefully. And I can't imagine a jailer would be particularly gentle in the, the days of Rome, in the days of the Roman army. And he was terrified, I think, that if he got it wrong, if he let these guys go, then he was in big trouble. And we find out later that something incredible happened. Imagine Paul and Silas, it goes on to explain, new believers, this is the power of faith in Jesus Christ, that having been flogged, having been thrown into prison, their response is not to think, why on earth did I follow this guy Jesus? What a disaster, what am I doing? What a mistake, what, look where I've got to, I'm in prison, and I've been flogged, I'm in pain, I'm in agony. You would think, they might be thinking, hmm, not the best life decision I ever made. But no. Their response was to worship him more. In the depths of the night at midnight, they were worshiping in prison, in the darkness, with their feet in the stocks, in agony, you can only imagine, having been flogged. They were rejoicing and worshiping. And for Christians, worship is the sign of real salvation. That's what we're called to do, even in the most difficult of circumstances. Challenge comes, and it came for Paul and Silas. At that moment, something powerful happens, an earthquake. It says an earthquake. It describes an earthquake happened. The doors of the prison blew open. The chains broke off their feet. And the jailer has this moment of terror when he thinks, oh my goodness, all the prisoners will have escaped and walked out. I'm going to kill myself rather than face the punishment I'm going to get in the trouble. And my, he's, you know, that's, that's a tough job he's got. If you get it wrong, better you just go and kill yourself. My goodness. But out of the darkness, a voice said from Paul, it's okay, we're here, don't be afraid. The jailer runs in and says, oh, what must I do to be saved? I'm not sure what he meant by that question, by the way. I'm not sure if he was really thinking about his spiritual future at this point. He was just thinking, how am I going to live to the next day? But Paul takes the opportunity and explains it. It's a great question. What must I do to be saved? Paul replies, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke of the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in the house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and all his household. And I want to make this appeal to you this morning. If you come to support others, thank you. But there's more. There's more opportunity that you can receive the joy that we saw in the faces of these people today. You can receive that same joy. That offer and invitation is for you too. That if you believe in the Lord Jesus, as we've described him today, having been re resurrected from the dead, if you believe in him, the Son of God, you may need to know more about him. And that's why Paul explained the word of the Lord to, to him. Like we've done this morning. They explained who Jesus is. And then there's a response. The jailer is immediately becoming aware 
he starts to dress the jailer. The jailer, he's a tough guy. He starts to dress the wounds of Paul and Silas. What a beautiful act of love and a response to the heart of God that's starting to dwell in his, his, his heart. And that's what we believe Jesus wants to do in our hearts, to change us into people who see the wounds in others and find the ways and means to care and have concern and tend them. And you can argue that this was a brave guy. He responds. He serves him with a meal. Remember who he's signing up with. These guys, he found these guys in prison having been flogged. And you may think church is a, not the place to be seen in, that it may not be the best decision for you, that Jesus may be not the right one to follow. Well, just take this guy's example. Can't be as bad as that. You're probably not going to end up in prison in this country and others, you may, for following Jesus, but not here at this time. But there will be challenges, and I commend you. I encourage you, every single one of you, Repent, be baptized, believe in the Lord Jesus, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is the most beautiful, most powerful, most significant, most hopeful thing you can do. So we're going to move on. We're going to have the band back up just now. I just want to give you a moment to think about that. Just to consider that question. What must I do to be saved? What must you do to be saved? What's the next step for you? Do you need to hear more of the word? Come back and f find out a little bit more about this Jesus. We want to offer you support to do that, and we talk about Jesus every Sunday. We have, um, this is what our church is about, promoting Jesus and helping people make that connection with him for the very first time. Come along next Sunday, check out our website, speak to the people you've come with who you know come here, ask them for information. I'd, I'd willingly love to spend time with you just talking through what it means to become a Christian. Many others here would love to do that too. If you want to know more, you're not sure yet, you want to understand more, that's a perfectly good response. You maybe think, yeah, no, no, I'm convicted. I feel this in my heart already. I need to move on. Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. You may be at that moment today when you want to make that public declaration or that private commitment. I'm going to ask you in a moment to say a few words of a prayer like this. I'm just going to ask you and say a prayer that says, Jesus, I do believe that you're the Son of God, that you walked on this earth perfectly. You were crucified, but God raised you to life again. And I believe in you, and I want you to be my Savior. And my Lord. So I'm going to say that prayer. And you can say that prayer in your heart because it's, that's what it's about, believing in the heart. 
and you may get the chance one day to confess with your lips and it could be today yes I believe in Jesus it was wonderful wasn't it hearing the kids say yes Jesus is my saviour so let's let's just stand with me a moment we're just going to finish with a celebration because that's the right thing the right response is to rejoice but if you want to say that prayer with me today this is the moment to do it let's just bow our heads this may be the first time you've made a commitment like this I want you to know in this moment Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart and he wants to come in if you can imagine that happening right now And you know it's him and you'll have memories and thoughts and moments in your life when you can look back and think oh maybe that was God maybe that was Jesus dear Lord Jesus I invite you into my heart right now and I welcome you into my life and I confess that I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit. And receive me as I receive you. Amen. Amen. If you were able to echo that in your heart, and you want to speak it out as the worship goes on, please just bold and let me know because I want to be encouraged <laughs> and I want to just encourage you and follow up with you so if you've said that prayer for the first time please just raise your hand to me just now thank you Tracy thank you thank you Charlie another response is to say, well, yeah, I've been doing that. I want to get baptized. I've not been baptized, and I want to get baptized. We're going to be baptizing again in a few months. Let us know. Sign up. We'll baptize you, and it'll be awesome. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we'll come and pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's lots of steps you can take. Come and join our church. Come and join this community of believers, and move on in your Christian walk. In Jesus' name. Let's worship together, guys. Thank you.